0: In a world where we have seen transaction fees for Bitcoin reach over $30 for a simple $5 transaction, can it really be maintained that Bitcoin is a true decentralized digital cash? Long story short, no. Using Bitcoin for day-to-day cash like transactions is not only impractical at times, it can be downright impossible. Things have gotten so bad that we have seen major companies go from once accepting crypto crypto payments such as Valve with their Steam store to removing the option from checkout completely due to its high processing costs, according to the company. So where does this leave us? Are cryptocurrencies worth all the hype? Are we here too early? Well, Jared Tate, the founder of Digibyte, felt the same discouragement and decided to do something about it. Promising a max transaction throughput of over 400 transactions per second, can Digibyte finally be the cryptocurrency to live up to the tag of a true decentralized digital cash? What's going on, Fireside Crypto family? Alex here, recording from the Fireside Crypto Podcast studio here in Houston, Texas. How are you doing this fine morning, Christian?
1: I'm doing excellent, Alex. Feeling great. Great weekend for crypto and a great series up ahead this week. and Just overall, great feeling, man
0: that is what i'd like to hear wishing the same for all of you guys out there uh thanks again for choosing the fireside crypto podcast for all of your technical in-depth informational needs um related to crypto and distributed ledger technology
1: and if you have any uh friends who need information similar to what we provide make sure you share our link with them so they can all learn together
0: exactly guys we are all learning here together we're learning with you guys we are by no means experts, and we do our best to research and find the most factually rich content that we think you guys need to know. Rather than focusing on the boring old 5-10% to 10% price fluctuations, I mean, which shouldn't really matter if you are like us and are invested in the long
1: haul. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're still doing your own research, and feel free to call us out if you feel we misstated something. Or if you disagree with our opinions or just want to share your views, we would love to hear from you on our Twitter at our subreddit, or wherever else you can get in contact with us.
0: And speaking of getting in contact with us, guys, we have made it even easier for those of you listening to reach out to us. We have overhauled our website, and if you guys didn't already know, our website is firesidecryptopodcast.com, and uh, on that website is where we'll be posting all of our episodes uh, as well as links to iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Last FM, wherever you guys listen to your podcast, you guys will be able to go there right away, click on it, and uh, it'll bring you right to your destination of choice to listen
1: to our show. Also, don't forget to engage with us while you're on the site, and make sure you leave your comments in there as well, so we can talk to you about that.
0: Exactly, guys. We have implemented a comment section on each episode of our site, so be sure to talk to others listening, talk, see what you guys are actually going on in the community talk to one another out
1: there too and uh, maybe we'll join you guys in the comments definitely will do and we might even consider giving a random giveaway so if you guys are interested in how that sounds let us know what you think and let us know what you think on our new website at firesidecryptopodcast.com
0: exactly guys that's firesidecryptopodcast.com no spaces for all you guys listening out there And also, don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe on iTunes, as that is the best way for new people to find us. And uh, with all that out of the way, let's get into Digibyte, a true decentralized digital cache.
1: In October of 2013, a man by the name of Jared Tate started development on the protocol and platform that would become Digibyte. On
0: January 10th, 2014, Jared had finished his development for their initial release. And with that, on that day marked the first genesis block of the Digibyte blockchain
1: was mined. Since then, Jared has been working with a relatively small team of developers. Digibyte has been credited by many altcoin communities for having a team of very adept developers that truly work in the best interests of its communities. These developers keep a mostly slight, silent presence on social media as compared to other young altcoins, but are obviously working very hard to improve their currency and support its users something that i actually found pretty refreshing to
0: see to be honest and let me just tell you guys um researching this project and platform was not easy i mean in terms of the amount of material and information out there for this project lacking would certainly be an understatement to say the least Um, i found a lot of articles with the same regurgitated buzzwords from the official Digibyte website and whatnot but um not to mention the significant lack of technical details again relating to this project But nevertheless, guys, you know where you are, the Fireside Crypto Podcast, so we took to GitHub and at some times even actually had to dive into the code and a host of a whole bunch of different measures to make sure that we can actually provide you with that most thorough and researched content that we promise. Okay, guys, whatever. Rant over. Back to the
1: episode. (laughs) All right. So what exactly is Digibyte then? Simply put, Digibyte is a cryptocurrency similar to the likes of Bitcoin. Dash, and with their developments, one could even say Ethereum.
0: Digibyte operates an unspent transaction output blockchain cryptocurrency. And what is an unspent transaction output, you might be asking? Well, it's nothing new. It's pretty similar to the way that Bitcoin handles their transactions, and we've seen it in a number of other cryptocurrencies. Unspent transaction output means that new transactions don't come from a wallet per se. Uh, Instead, they come from each individual coin, and that has an identifier. And then when that coin enters your wallet, then it is considered then unspent by your wallet. So when you send that coin to someone else, it becomes a spent coin then. Uh, This by then preventing the double spend problem of the digital currency and also solving a host of other security issues with the blockchain.
1: Okay, I got it. So then what is the difference between that and Bitcoin? Don't tell me that they just did what Litecoin did and lowered the confirmation times by a factor of four.
0: Damn, dude! Wild the shade on Litecoin, bro. All right, man. Anyways, I mean they did take a similar approach, but they also incorporated a number of other novel features into the protocol that actually, in my opinion, do make it that contender for a decentralized digital cash.
1: All right, bro. Hang on. And before we even get into deeper, let's define what we mean by decentralized digital cash, and to narrow it down and see if it what if it truly really is. All right, great idea,
0: man. I guess we can break it down really into three main sections. No, um diving deeper into each section if we have to.
1: Definitely. We can start with decentralized, digital, and cash. Uh
0: yeah, those sound good to me, man. So let's start there. Um what we mean by decentralized is that it definitely has to be controlled by a number of nodes that can't be uh censored, that can't be um able to be tampered with by governments if possible, they have to be like jurisdictionally uh free and whatnot. Um, It can be uh, just like a centralized mining pool that we would see in some kind of things, maybe even Bitcoin, but there are five major mining pools. Um, Do you want to go ahead and explain what we mean by digital? Uh,
1: I was going to touch on cash because I like that a little bit better. Uh, Fungibility of cash, you know, being able to divide into smaller, like for Bitcoin's instances, we have smaller Satoshis available and Digibyte will help you have that option. So a lot of people... You don't have to invest fully in a in a coin you have options to own a percentage of it you know 10 cents 20 cents and this is the beauty of uh, a lot of cryptocurrencies out there especially like bitcoin and digibyte that let you not just purchase a full one but you can own even a dollar so anyone can start investing right away honestly
0: and then lastly i guess we have digital so you think of many of the stores of value that we have in this world now we have gold we have fiat cash and i guess now we have cryptocurrencies and um so if you look at gold how can you really use gold on the internet um i know that there used to be a couple sites before cryptocurrencies started taking off that was um kind of like a iou for gold but i don't think they actually ended up getting anywhere they might have faced some government regulation on that Um, But so that's really the whole point you want to be able to use this currency on the internet and when not physical when you're not physically there So that's the whole really point of digital meaning that you can transact it uh, Digitally, you don't have to actually be there. It's not a physical trade of value or anything It's just uh, through the internet through some through some fiber under the ocean and whatnot Okay, cool. So I mean I'm glad we established that I definitely hope that it will hope that it will help you maneuver through this episode as it does get a little uh, complex and rocky through here, so we'll just keep on referring back to that.
1: So Digibot stack can be broken down into three categories.
0: Yes, and their first one being their core communication and global network, which is really the thing that connects all of the nodes on the network together. It supports a very basic data transfer between the nodes and establishes a foundational layer for all of the other layers as well.
1: Secondly, we have the public ledger and digital asset, a.k.a. the Digibyte token. This is where the network's data gets stored. It also has security measures in place to prevent manipulation of data, and it incentivizes and manages miners securing the platform.
0: And lastly, we have the application layer. This is the user-facing part of the blockchain. Uh, It involves the interface, the transfers, the API, and any other everyday
1: applications built on the Digibyte network. When using Digibyte Network, it is just as seamless as using any other crypto or network. They have a whole host of wallets on Windows, Mac, Linux, Android, and with that, they're also creating an iOS wallet which is coming soon.
0: Yes, and the technical workings of each transaction and how they fit into the box are pretty similar to Bitcoin and other scripting coins. However, where it does get kind of interesting and unique is their mining aspects. Since the inception of Digibyte, the community and the team has really underwent a series of hard forks, which in turn brought major upgrades and major improvements to security and the platform, which again, we will touch on later in this episode.
1: Early on in the development, Jared Tate noticed that if you continue with the current scaling options, a theoretical limit would eventually be reached. With this in mind, he decided to take a different approach with Digibyte, implementing block size increases of two every two years. But what does this actually mean?
0: Well, with those of you familiar with crypto economics, most cryptos offer a deflationary system to assign value and apply a supply distribution curve. However, rather than actually taking only that route, DigiByte has also decided to increase the block size to keep up with the increasing demand in transactions into those blocks. So those of you not familiar with blocks and transactions and whatnot, inputs, outputs, we recommend that you guys check out episodes 7 and 8 on Bitcoin and the Bitcoin hard fork on the Fireside Crypto Podcast website, firesidecryptopodcast.com.
1: Each block takes an average of 15 to 18 seconds to propagate through the network and 90 seconds to be confirmed. This is lowered from its previous 30 seconds and so forth 60 second block time done with, with the digi speed hard fork, which again we'll be getting into later on.
0: With these short block creation times, Digibyte's long-standing history as a company and its blockchain, this gives Digibyte the title of the longest blockchain in the world by blocks. Currently, Digibyte has mined over 6.5 million blocks, compared to Bitcoin's 520,000 and Ethereum's 5.5 million.
1: Also, if you're one of the lucky miners to find the block, you will receive at the time of filming 797 Digibyte tokens.
0: Okay, cool. So to sum all that up, shorter block times equals long blockchains, quicker confirmation times. But however, it should be noted that with these large short block time blockchains like Ethereum, we see some wallets and exchanges that require upwards of 30 confirmations to be able to spend that currency.
1: Ooh. All right, let's check back on our checklist and see if we can check anything off. So this enables transactions to go through faster, as you stated. So I guess that would play well to the cash aspect, no? That
0: sounds right, man. Due to this, I could definitely see it being deployed in a coffee shop as a method of payment. Uh, The transaction shows up in the network within one to three seconds of being submitted, meaning that the merchant could use that as their proof of payment just as quickly and with less of a chance of fraud than if someone were to use a modern day chip credit card. So, yeah, guys, I would definitely say that this can at least in part check the cash box.
1: Yeah, I agree. Okay, so like a half check. Got it. What's next, man?
0: I think we should talk about mining really quick, as it is one of the main differentiators for the Digibyte blockchain.
1: All good with me. So, going back to those hard forks that we mentioned before, Digibyte has so far been through four hard forks, each being game changing for Digibyte, the team, and the community.
0: Focusing on mining, however, we have to pay close attention to the three forks that occurred in 2014. As we know and have seen in the beginning of projects, they usually involve a lot of changes and forks like this, but they typically go unnoticed. However, Digibyte has kept these upgrades as a proud badge of honor on their history. Okay guys, okay. The first fork, which happened just a mere month after its genesis block in February of 2014, was named DigiShield, and let me tell you guys, we're gonna spend some time on this because it is monumental
1: to say the least. Damn, DJ Esco hype beast over here. So DigiShield, while simple in the abstract, can get a little messy. So let's take this step by step. DigiShield retargets a coin's difficulty to protect against multi-pools and an over of easily mined new coins. DigiShield was originally developed for Digibyte, but has since been implemented in Dogecoin, Ethereum, Bcash, and will soon be implemented into more coins. DigiShield retargets a coin's difficulty between every block, or in the case of Digibyte at the moment, every 15 seconds. Exactly.
0: The team created DigiShield after seeing the threat that multi pools pose to cryptocurrencies when they start mining a coin at very low difficulty in relation to the net pool hash. This allows many coins to be quickly and easily mined before the difficulty increases. Once the difficulty increases, the multipool then leaves the coin, dumps the coin on the market, and then leaves the dedicated existing miners with a very high difficulty and very few new coins to actually be mined. This then leads to a drop in the price and frustration among the committed community members and miners of the affected coin. DigiShield protects Digibyte against this threat and helps ensure greater confidence in any coin that implements it by allowing the difficulty to rise and fall almost perfectly in sync and increases or decreases in the net hash of the coin.
1: The secret to DigiShield is an asymmetrical approach to difficulty retargeting. With DigiShield, the difficulty is allowed to decrease in the larger movements than it is allowed to increase from block to block. This keeps the blockchain from getting stuck. For this example, we'll use the not finding the block for several hours following a major drop in the net hash of a coin. It is all a balancing act. You need to allow the difficulty to increase enough between blocks to catch up to a sudden spike in the net hash, but not enough to accidentally send the difficulty sky high when two miners get lucky and find blocks back to back. The same thing occurs with difficulty decreases. Since it takes much longer to find the next block, you need to allow it to drop quicker than it increases. Now this is nothing new guys, we
0: have seen practices like this implemented in many other coins and algorithms such as EarthCoin, Komodo Gravity Well, and many other designs. However, both the Komodo Gravity Well and EarthCoin's approach to difficulty retargeting still allows pools a few easy minutes of easy mining, which cannot be said about the DigiByte chain.
1: Okay, so pretty cool. Essentially DigiShield is a balanced asymmetric approach to the difficulty retargeting. And, you don't want to let the difficulty go up too fast, but you need to give it enough room to, qu- to catch up quickly.
0: Yes sir, and the same thing goes with downswings. Since it takes longer to discover new blocks, you need to give it more room to go down, but not enough to send it to the floor. Digibyte is by no means the absolute perfect solution to the multiple difficulty problem, but after testing dozens of different setups over a 5 day period, including the KGW and EarthCoin approach. The current ratio slash settings in Digital Shields outperform any other solution available at the moment. The code for DigiShield can be found through lines 833 to 1007 on the project GitHub. Multishield came along later to add a number of different complexities
1: onto the DigiShield platform. Before we get into Multishield, there was one other fork that occurred, and in my eyes one of the coolest and unique features of the protocol, the multi-algorithm mining protocol update.
0: So yes, guys, like the name sounds, this fork brought the option for miners to choose between not one, not two, but yes, five mining algorithms, each with different specific devices, to do those set computations.
1: While Digibyte started as a solely script mining algorithm coin, which was common at the time by September of 2014, they had introduced the world's first multi-script mining algorithm for a proof-of-work algo.
0: While Digibyte did
1: this for a number of
0: reasons, they mainly did this to reduce the centralization aspect that is associated with some proof-of-work algorithms. For example, guys, take Bitcoin. Like you know from our episode 7 and 8 on Bitcoin, Bitcoin uses the SHA-256 mining script, which has been tailored to exclusively work efficiently on ASICs at this moment. Because of this, we see that Bitcoin mining is controlled by five entities who operate massive ASIC mining
1: farms. To spread out the computational power of the network, Digibytes decided on five algorithms that cater to GPUs, CPUs, and ASICs. Each script category is given the same balance of 20% of the network, leaving it so no one algorithm can pull. in a pool can dominate the mining. The first of
0: five, focusing on GPUs and CPUs, is none other than the qubit mining algorithm. Secondly, we have the SHA-256 mining algorithm, which, as you guys just heard, is used in Bitcoin and does cater to those ASICs. Thirdly, we have a script mining algorithm, which, too, focuses on ASICs. And it should be
1: noted that this algorithm was the original one on the blockchain. Lastly, we have Skeen and Grostal, which both focus solely on GPU mining. Did I say that right, bro? I
0: think so.
1: Um, by spreading out the type of devices that can operate the algorithm, it greatly improves the decentralization of the network, which we are seeing firsthand with this network of over 200,000 full nodes.
0: 200,000, man. I had to double-check that because that was something that I just found awesome. Um, Okay, so should we go back to that checklist?
1: Yeah, dude, just about that. I was just going to say that, certainly. seems like we're focused on the decentralized technology, so that's a good check right there
0: absolutely uh decentralized technology and actually keeping it decentralized i mean look at bitcoin it was decentralized at first no but over time you know what happened and i can confirm that this is not only a goal high on jared's list but also the project and foundation's
1: list of priorities nice so that leaves us with a check for decentralized and a half check for cash right that looks good to me man
0: And with that, guys, don't forget to follow us on all of our social media on Twitter at Fireside underscore crypto, Instagram Fireside Crypto, YouTube Fireside Crypto, and Twitch Fireside Crypto. Be sure to give us a rating on iTunes as it is the best way for new people to find us. And don't forget to check out our newly created subreddit,
1: r slash Fireside Crypto Podcast. Also, don't forget the firesidecryptopodcast.com website and don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening to. And just make sure you get in contact with us as we like to learn with you and try to help you as much as we can. With a side note uh, for you miners out there, it is becoming inexpensive now to get back into like a more home-to-home mining. Um, So don't get discouraged out there. You have the option to start your own mining rigs. And with this example of Digibyte and its five algorithms, you have the ability to continue that and help uh, the Digibyte network uh, increase and basically stay afloat. Now, you don't have to specifically stay with Digibyte, but don't get discouraged out there. Don't let the big farms control mining. You know, let this be back to -to peer-to-peer how it should be.
0: Okay, getting back into the episode, we are past 2014, DigiShield, Multi-Algorithm, and Multi-Shield have all been implemented seamlessly, and the community has been growing ever so slowly. It is also worth mentioning, as part of the adoption process that Jared and Digibyte have laid out, in a true decentralized fashion, they have really let the community take over marketing, adoption, and other duties associated with a company that would release their
1: products. Due to the girls being limited to word of mouth and the community, we can see that this has certainly led us to a slow start to say the least. I mean, Digibyte has been around for four years and has multiple awards, accomplishments, yet before this episode, did you really know them? I mean, sure, you may have seen them on CoinMarketCap, you basic person, but did you really know what they did? No offense, you guys.
0: It's okay though, guys. That's why we are doing this series. I found this platform and team to be really one of my favorites, and I hope that you two are seeing the value in what they are offering. And again, let me mention: since lately we have been talking in all hypotheticals due to these platforms being in development, Digibyte has a working
1: mainnet for their blockchain, and they have had this since January of 2014. Wow, that's something nice to see nowadays, guys. Okay, so back to the forks, Fireside Crypto Family. The month of December, the year is 2015, Digibyte has forked into the chain to incorporate what they are calling DigiSpeed.
0: By now, we have already lowered to a 30 second block time from 60 seconds, according to the specification, and with this fork, we are now halved again, sitting at 15 seconds per block creation.
1: This fork was just in a block mining update. No, it was one of the biggest to date for Digibyte. Digibyte's block size will increase from one megabyte to 10 megabytes initially. With built-in future increases, as well as due to some research from no one other than Microsoft's, they were able to implement a solution with some dramatically reducing network block propagation time, something I didn't expect to come out of my mouth this episode. (laughs) Me either, man, but I mean, good to see you nevertheless, right? This
0: also has kept them on track with their goal of 21 billion DGB tokens in the 21-year period that was outlaid by Jarrett in the DGB process beginning.
1: The DigiSpeed fork may have brought other improvements, and these changes will make Digibyte the most secure, fastest, and largest transaction carrying capacity decentralized proof-of-work cryptocurrency in existence. At the time of the release, the Digibyte team said the following. We have already been busy the past two months behind the scenes, researching, studying, and analyzing if it would be possible to expand the Digibyte network to be able to handle the average daily volume of Visa and make these changes we are now confident it can be done
0: again just putting their money where their mouth is really it's just another great thing to see from the team now guys revisiting that checklist once more i think that this can definitely be that last nail in the cash or (laughs) last nail in
1: the coffin for that cash aspect what do you think man agreed okay so we have cash check the centralized check all we have now is digital
0: I mean, obviously, it's digital, guys, since it only exists on the Internet and the blockchain. So with that, we should be able to check the box. And there you go, guys. Have a nice day. Podcast over. But uh, yeah, guys, you know that that isn't how we do it in the Fireside Crypto podcast. We, uh, We don't just scratch to the surface.
1: While not essential to the core mission of Digibyte, Digibyte has plans to become a major player in crypto and in the world in general. To accomplish such high ambitions, Digibyte is assembling a large product suite. The first and another reason to check the digital box is Digibyte has created what they are calling a DigiSign.
0: While existing as a product all on its own, the Digibyte system and token is heavily integrated into its operation. Like the name states, DigiSign allows you to securely store, notarize, validate, and secure any document in a public, worldwide decentralized blockchain. By taking the secure cryptographic SHA-256 hash of a document and embedding it into the DigiByte blockchain transaction that is then broadcast to thousands of servers across the planet in a decentralized manner, you have what is
1: ultimately a decentralized document storage platform. Dude, this is so fucking useful. I know I have come across others trying to do something like this, but the fact that it's actually live and working is just amazing, man. Like, goddamn, dude, this is what blockchain was built for. Like, I love this type of project.
0: I'm telling you, man, and we still have more to go over. Another one of the awesome consumer-facing products that DigiByte has offered and created and released is the DigiID product. In fact,
1: last week was the launch of DigiID on May 11th. One area I also see being huge for this is blockchains and the decentralized technology ledgers for sure is identity. And what they have done here. Pacific should definitely be scared shouldn't they <laughs> i mean not so fast you don't be calling out any threats like
0: that think of uh digi id as really a mix of google authenticator slash sms authentic- authentication so yes you do have to have your phone and using its built-in same hardened security that you would otherwise find on the Digibyte blockchain this ensures that you can't others can't spend your funds without your permission You basically scan a QR code on a website and use that to log in at no point. Will you ever have to enter your private keys or anything sensitive? They will only see the signed request that verifies you are in fact you. The idea of this is that it'll greatly streamline how you log into websites, give you greater security, remove that password vulnerability side of things, save you time and really just so much more. The security implications and improvements of this are mind boggling and in a good way.
1: Okay, so why don't you just say Google Authenticator?
0: Dude, would that be would that be the typical Fireside Crypto podcast?
1: No, that's not a response here. So you got a good point. So guys, if you want to check it out, they just went live May 11th, and be sure to check it out at digi-id.io.
0: All right, guys. So you have to agree with us here and allow us to check that digital box. I feel like they have certainly checked that box in my eyes, and I mean, with that... We really have officially reached the criteria of which we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. Damn, so I guess Digivite really
1: is a decentralized digital cache.
0: For sure, man. I mean I really love the commitment that Jared and the team have to spreading decentralization and actually keeping the networks decentralized. I feel like this is lost
1: on some projects nowadays, man. I did really like the you sign. I think that's uh in more than just safety. It um it's uh, this is what really people want. We, we don't want something that takes too long to access. And for example, this could easily take away uh, what we have in our daily day life with public notaries. You'll have this option to do it just online and um, it'll be more secure. You'll have all the peers in the same network with the, over the 200,000 full nodes helping you.
0: Okay, well, it wouldn't really be fair if we just ended it there without going over the competition DigiByFace faces now, would it? I mean... Let me preface by saying that
1: the competition is stiff, nonetheless. Facing up against such giants as one and the only Bitcoin, Litecoin, ETH, and even privacy focused options such as Monero, it doesn't stop there, unfortunately. In the last 24 months, we've seen a number of cryptocurrencies or digital cash alternatives pop up to challenge Bitcoin and Digibyte, ranging from popular ones that you will see on Wednesday's episodes such as Nano, NEM, which is the new economy movement. And DigiByte certainly has a tough future ahead.
0: And on that note, let me go over the future plans for DigiByte and their roadmap. Currently, they are once again on the way to hard fork the network sometime in quarter two of this year to bring not only more improvements, they have recently partnered with BlockNet to enable cross-chain dApps within their protocol.
1: As well as their future more ambitious goals such as transactions per second speeds of Thirty thousand by the year of 2035 i mean again
0: we'll just have to see how the project plays out before we can even get close to that i mean we got we got a long road ahead of us before that bro all
1: right dude so we marked it off as digital cash and but what can i buy with it
0: damn dude there it is the number one question Well, like with most other cryptos, you're pretty limited here in the U.S. I mean, there are some merchants such as Overstock who accept most cryptos, including Digibyte, but that's only because of the shapeshift service that they offer to merchants. It's not like they're actually embedding the Digibyte uh, wallet into their website. It's just they're just using another third-party plugin.
1: But hey, the reason for the lack of merchants accepting it could be because of all the inefficiencies of the past, no?
0: No, no. I mean, whether... Whether or not that's true, which it definitely could be, we'll we'll, we'll never be able to know. We can just hope that these features and innovations Digibyte has brought will encourage maybe and even cause some people like Valve to reconsider accepting crypto as a payment for their services
1: and products. I know I would certainly love to see something like that. Now, the biggest question mark over this project is not its vision, but its ability to pull it off. With no white paper, notable team, or significant corporate partnerships, how will Digibyte slingshot its way into competing with Bitcoin or even settle for second place? Without a doubt, Bitcoin is Digibyte's biggest arch-nemesis. While the entire concept of Digibyte's project is being founded on being a leaner, meaner, faster version of the biggest crypto cryptocurrency, when it comes to what is under the hood, Digibyte has every reason to tower over Bitcoin. Its biggest asset is its speed, with transactions being confirmed in just 1.5 minutes, in contrast to Bitcoin's 1 hour. Not to mention how the number of transactions taking place simply dwarfs Bitcoin, with nearly 100 times the number of transactions per second. Lastly, with 5 algorithms compared to Bitcoin's 1, mining Digibyte is far more decentralized. These algorithms are also capable of being altered, further protecting the project from being centralized. In spite of Digibyte's superior technology, there are countless issues that pose a threat to its success. Not only is its competition with Bitcoin, but simply its ability to propagate the cryptocurrency market and make it out of the starting gates.
0: And ladies and gentlemen, with that, we hope that you enjoyed our first episode in the new series, Decentralized Digital Cash, with the first one being on Digibyte. Stay tuned to this Wednesday for Christian's episode on Nano, and be sure to check out our newly created website, the firesidecryptopodcast.com where we'll be posting all of our episodes, all of our links to social media, all of the major podcast publications, so you can view whichever one you choose, as well as our social media, Twitter, Fireside underscore crypto, and Instagram, Fireside Crypto.
1: Yeah, guys, definitely don't forget to leave a rating. Don't forget to share with all your friends if you enjoyed today's episode. Definitely keep learning. Uh, Keep interacting with us on Twitter. Keep interacting with us at our Fireside Crypto Podcast where you can easily talk with the community. And just if you have any questions, you can just talk to us, talk to the audio, the other community members. I mean, we're all here to help us, hopefully. So with that, don't forget to subscribe to the Fireside Crypto Podcast. And with that, I'm Christian.
0: And I'm Alex signing off. off.